Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out show. I'm telling you, the guest I have today is going to answer all of my burning questions. Um, And the question that I've posed for this particular show is, are food allergies killing your beauty vibe? Now, I know that I have super sensitivities to foods and allergies just in general. Not something that I had, you know, early in my life, but certainly has developed over time. Um, And right now, just because my voice doesn't normally sound like this, right now I am dealing with an enormous amount of allergies going on. So we haven't had rain here in Arizona and Phoenix for like 104 days. So it is dry. The, The air is terrible. And of course, everybody's having some sensitivities to the allergies. But one of the things that I also noticed too is that I got um, checked, you know, through blood tests and, and other sampling and stuff like that of food allergies. And I discovered that I had some pretty severe food allergies that were um, causing some pain and inflammation and hair loss um, and skin itchiness and hives and all of that stuff. And when I kind of looked at the list of the food that I was eating, I felt that I was eating very healthy, but I discovered that just these healthy foods were some of the ones that were my leading causes of problems. So I've had to really alter my diet. Now, I can't say that when the holidays come around that I'm really good about not eating the cookies and the candies and the pies that all of that gluten um, that I have a sensitivity to. So I kind of, I, I prepare myself um, in some ways knowing that I'm going to probably just feel like crap. But my guest today, Sherry Torcos, she is, um, she's she's a pharmacist, an author, a certified fitness instructor, and a health enthusiast. And you know what? She has some of the answers here for some of the allergies and histamines and things that are really having us look our best and feel our best. So Sherry, welcome to the show today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Now, you mentioned, too, that you have some... You're up in Canada, correct? Yes, that's right. I live uh, near Niagara Falls, so I'm just across the border from Buffalo, New York. Mm, beautiful. That's a beautiful area, and everybody should see Niagara Falls um, as it, something it on their bucket beautiful. list. Yeah. I, I love it here, but I have to say, I was um, in Phoenix recently, and I love it there just as much. I mean, my husband and I, we love Phoenix so much that we named our son Phoenix, and he's now seven years old, and we bring him to the Phoenix area, and we do hiking um, in Sedona every year, and we just got back um, last month, and we did a just a really fun family vacation hiking through the Red Rock areas, and just love that area. That is one of my favorite places to go, of course, right? Um, there's some great hikes up there, and we really enjoy it. So that's wonderful. I love the fact that your son's name is Phoenix. And if you could just come back down and bring us some rain or even some of that Niagara mist, <laughs> we would be very, very happy right now. I know. I know. It is so dry there. When we were there last month, we were feeling the heat, and it was um, even in Sedona, um, it was unseasonably warm and very dry, and uh, I know that's that's tough, especially for people that have allergies and also for people that have dry skin. Uh, that dry desert air can definitely take a toll. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be talking with you today as well about food allergies and food intolerances. Um, this topic is uh, really near and dear to my heart because 
I was diagnosed. You mentioned you have a gluten sensitivity. I have celiac disease, which is mm. the most severe form of gluten intolerance. And I suffered for a long time when I was a teenager before it was finally diagnosed. And this was back in the mid-80s when uh, there was really low awareness. Um, so it's something that has really had a profound impact on me. And uh, today we just see so many people that suffer with allergies and intolerances. It really, you know, these are common issues. Absolutely. And I, you know, I had done my tests um, many years back, but at the time, because I actually found the results of it, at the time, I didn't know what gluten was. I didn't know that gluten was associated with wheat and barleys and and rice and things like that. I just thought gluten, oh, well, I don't eat that. I stay away from that. Um, But when I got retested, and of course, obviously, the word gluten was a very popular word. I'm like, well, that makes sense to me now. It completely makes sense. So, but it was an interesting thing, and I'm sure that it was probably similar for you in, in finding out. It wasn't just like, oh, I ate gluten and, and I got a stomach ache. I actually had um, uh, an old sports injury when I was, it was football, old football sports injury. No, I'm kidding. It was gymnastics. Um, but I like, kind of like a pinched disc in my back. And when I ate gluten, my back would hurt. And I kept thinking there was something wrong with me, like, oh, you know, there's like some big growth back there. Something's going on back there because I could literally feel it like throbbing and, you know, and I know there's a lot of organs kind of on that back right side of your body. And so I had them like check everything, everything inside and out. And really what it was is that when I ate gluten, uh, the inflammation set in and you're going to, I know you're going to guide me in the right process and language of what's happening here and then inflammation would set in and it would go right to that kind of that squished disc right and cause that pain and then that pain would kind of shoot around to the front of my stomach and and when you know when it was finally like okay you got to get foods out of your system that are causing inflammation and I'm like oh my gosh and I'm telling you it wasn't a week I cleaned up my diet and I had no more pain like that um the problem I have and you can help me with this too Sherry is how to really manage my diet better because you know like the holidays are coming and I'm sorry nobody's making you know gluten-free pecan pies and (laughs) and gluten-free sugar cookies like I want (laughs) <laughs> well, if you're, you're welcome to join us for Christmas because we do everything gluten-free. My family is so accommodating because it's not just myself that has celiac. My son has it as well, mm. and there, we have good awareness. But you know, I can totally relate to what you were saying about having this injury and the inflammation. Um, for a lot of people that have undiagnosed celiac or gluten sensitivity, uh, you know, these are real concerns. The inflammation um, that occurs in the body. It can mimic arthritis. People think they have arthritis, and sometimes we see people getting treated for arthritis and taking all kinds of anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. drugs when, in fact, the problem, the root of the problem was gluten or something else that they're eating that was triggering inflammation. Um, you know, the sad reality is people often go a long period of time before properly being diagnosed. In my case, it was over 10 years that I was sick before it was finally determined that I had celiac disease. The doctors initially thought I had Crohn's and colitis. Mm-hmm. I was treated for irritable bowel. I was a teenager at the time, and I recall one doctor saying to my parents, well, we, you know, it's not this, it's not that. You know, this has to be all in her head. And my parents oh. were like, yeah, this is crazy. This is not in her head. We see how after every meal her belly swells and she's in pain and she's on the floor and she's, 
chronic diarrhea and all these horrible symptoms I had, and it was, uh, you know, so unbelievable when I went off of gluten and I went strict with my diet. I mm-hmm. felt better in a matter of days. I mean, the pain and the swelling resolved quickly. It took a little longer to resolve the nutrient deficiencies because my body was being poisoned by gluten for so many years yes. that my intestines were so damaged I wasn't absorbing nutrients. So I had to really work hard on being strict with my diet. And I was this is before I became a pharmacist, so I didn't even know a lot about supplements other than taking a multivitamin. Excuse me. So I really worked hard, though, and uh, it was a long time before I was able to get my health back on track. And, uh, you know, I I feel for a lot of people that may be listening and they're not feeling well, something's not quite right. I always encourage people to look for that underlying cause to get to the root of the problem. And sometimes it's a simple fix, like avoiding gluten, and other times it's, you know, histamine, which I know we're going to talk about later, and histamine intolerance, which is also very, very common and yet often goes undiagnosed. And, um, you know, there's some great options today, too, to manage histamine intolerance. I know, and I'm excited to hear about that because I didn't realize that that in itself was kind of its own topic and its own um, intolerant or... I don't even know, like, like that's what's being activated. I mean, I've obviously I've heard, oh, it's a histamine type of thing. So, I mean, I knew very early on that I had food allergies because I'm uh, shellfish intolerant too, and that one is aphylactic. So, you know, I, I'm kind of, I, I do try to be careful with my food, but I am going to be joining you for Christmas because it sounds like it's going to be a really great meal <laughs> that I'm not going <laughs> to feel bad about. <laughs> now, yeah. I know that, you know, like if you have this story and I have this story, like you said, there are probably many people that have this story and these these underlying causes, people are thinking, oh, no, I don't have food allergies. I've been eating bread all my life, and it, but it, this only just started. And I'm hearing that a lot. And, and maybe you can kind of like guide us into that conversation before we get into the depth of your knowledge is – why is it that maybe we hit a certain age or is it part of this, you know, this whole GMO and these modified foods that we're producing that are now where people never had a problem and now they're starting to have a problem? Well, I think there's a few factors at play here. Um, one is that we are getting better at diagnosing and um, testing for food allergies and food sensitivities. If we look back, even in my, my time in the 80s, when I was diagnosed with celiac, there was no blood test back then. I um, simply had to, well, not simply, it was actually quite, quite complicated and quite painful, I might add, as a teenager to have all of these um, scopes mm-hmm. done. But when they looked at my small intestine and it had the classic look of atrophy, so my, the villi, the absorptive surface, were damaged, um, so they were able to figure it out. So, you know, we are now getting better at testing. There's a blood test for celiac. There's there's hydrogen breath test for lactose intolerance. There's skin prick testing for other allergies. So the, the testing is getting better. But I would say in terms of why the prevalence, were, it's rising. Yes, part of it could be we are catching these things, but I think there is something to be said with how the uh, exposure to chemicals in our food and in our environment, how that's affecting us. Let's face it, there's a lot of pesticides and chemicals sprayed on our food that are man-made chemicals our bodies maybe have not adapted to be able to handle and process. I don't even think we're going to know the full impact of all of the pesticides and the chemicals that we're ingesting for many years to come, but already we do know 
that links have been made with certain pesticides and cancers, mm-hmm. and, uh, neurodegenerative diseases, inflammatory diseases, infertility as well. So mm-hmm. yes, there's a lot of stuff um, with these chemicals that are in our environment that are affecting our health. Uh, there's another contributing factor, which is our overuse of antibiotics and how that's affecting our immune system. And um, in particular, using the broad-spectrum antibiotics that we have today, I mean, I find when people go to their doctors, when they have a cold and a virus, sometimes they will push the doctor to give them an antibiotic, and the doctor knows deep down inside that that's not what they need, but the doctor feels pressured, so he gives them an antibiotic because people are demanding it. But the problem is that when we take antibiotics and we don't need them, this overuse is leading to resistance, and it's leading mm-hmm. to damage to our microflora, upsetting the normal balance of bacteria in our gut. Um, so there are personal and societal consequences with all of that. The bugs are getting stronger than the drugs. We're um, affecting our gut health for months beyond when we finish that course of antibiotics. So it's quite possible that our overuse of antibiotics, hand sanitizers, and all our cleanly ways of living are hampering our immune system in, in um setting it up to overreact and react inappropriately to substances which should otherwise not be a problem. I mean, when, when I was growing up and, uh, you know, back in the 70s, I don't recall any kids in my class that had allergies, Mm-mm. none, exactly. no food allergies. And now today, in my seven-year-old, in his grade two class, out of 18 kids, five of them have food allergies or intolerances. Yeah. So it's, it's really become more common for sure. Yeah, and you're right. It probably is a lot of the pesticides and the chemicals that we're, you know, creating and adding to these foods that we're just, our bodies are not designed to be able to, you know, process like that. But I loved what you said about the the um, antibiotics, that it, the effect that it has on your system months after taking them. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yes, and, and there's actually been some research to show that a single course of an antibiotics can upset your normal gastrointestinal flora for up to six months afterwards. And that's why it's so, excuse me, it's so important for people when they take antibiotics to take a probiotic during Mm -hmm. and afterwards to restore and replenish that bacteria. That's really interesting. I came back from uh, Costa Rica this summer, not only with a broken arm, um, but with traveler's diarrhea and oh um, pretty severe, pretty severe. Um, and, you know, when you're taking like, you know, two and three, uh, you know, tablets, you know, anti-diarrhea tablets, and that's not even helping. <laughs> yeah. Then, um, So when I came back, they did, they put me on some pretty severe antibiotics. And of course, I think just, you know, I was five days in the jungle with a broken arm before I got back to be able to, you know, know that it was broken and get it fixed and everything. But it was, um, I mean, my whole summer was affected by not being able to get well enough, fast enough. And, um, and I remember thinking, you know, between being ill and then being on antibiotics and then repairing a broken arm, all of that stuff, it does take a toll on your body and it just really prevents you from having that healthy, lifestyle. And of course, because I was kind of like down a little bit, I didn't, I didn't monitor my diet as well. So then I was adding to it. I was adding the poisons to it and the glutens and like, oh, I can't work out right now. So I might as well just eat pizza, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it becomes, it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle, doesn't it? It definitely Um, did. But I tell you, I'm paying for it now because then my hair loss started in September. 
um, and now my allergies, which, you know, this time of year in Phoenix, a lot of us are sensitive whether we're prone to them or not. Um, just because it's so dry and dusty and the particles are very large in the right now because there's nothing preventing them from, you know, getting out of the air. Um, but I feel like I'm ultra sensitive right now just based on the previous months of not taking, not being able to take good care of myself and not taking good care of myself. Well, and also the fact that you had um, this bout of traveler's diarrhea and you had to take antibiotics um, it's not surprising that your allergies are even worse right now, given um, what's been going on in your in your gut. So hopefully we can get everything restored and back on track, literally, so that yeah, uh, so your body will be in a good position to fight it. Oh, absolutely, and it's it is. It's like I'm glad this is a great conversation to be having now because you always feel like you know that new year you have new ideas of being healthy and ways to be able to do that. But first, you got to get through the holidays. So. Um, which is always, I think, a, you know, a, a challenge for a lot of us to get through the holidays and, and feel as though we are, can still be healthy and maintain the diet that we're, that we're trying to be on at this point. But I am interested, what had you decide to then be a pharmacist, you know, cause you got diagnosed as celiac when you're in high school. Um, and then you became a pharmacist. Yeah, so my interest in pharmacy stemmed from um, um, some volunteer work that I did when I was um, in high school. I actually um, volunteered at our local community hospital, and I um, found it very fascinating that there were all of these medications that could do all of these incredible things, like help somebody's blood sugar, help their blood pressure, you know, improve, um, you know, their, their emotional state. And, you know, it just found it very, very interesting. And so I decided I wanted to go off to school and be a pharmacist. And once I started practicing, um, I went, actually, I went to school in Philadelphia. I did um, my degree at the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy and Science, which was an amazing school. I had a great education. Came back, started practicing, and I was just kind of feeling that something was missing. I was seeing people just relying, <clears throat> excuse me, relying on prescription drugs and sometimes getting sicker, sometimes getting side effects, needing more drugs. And I just thought, you know what, I want to go back to my experience that I had as a celiac and what a profound impact that had on my health and how I got my mm. health back on track. And it was through diet. It was through making nutritional changes, supplements, and all of that. And so I was always interested. It was in the back of my mind, and I just decided to bring it to the forefront and change the way I practiced and so I started um, embarking on more of a holistic approach. I love that. I love that you can be in the world of, you know, the the pharmaceuticals and the drugs as part of your role. But I love that you also have the ability to want to look at ways to be able to support people in having choosing better options. And that it's not always the medicated option is the best choice. Well, perfect. I look forward to having more of a conversation with you, Sherry. We're going to take a break right now, um, and we'll be back. And if there's any questions that you guys may have, you know, um, Sherry will be able to answer them because we're going to give you her information. And, of course, you can always uh, email me, Bonnie, at BonnieBonadeo.com. And also find um, private message me on Facebook at Beauty Inside and Out Show. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? 
Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions, to profits, to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Would you like to be the change you see needed in the world? Are you ready to make a difference? If so, tune in to Voice for Truth with host Sharon Wyckoff. Every show will be filled with inspiring content to support you in recognizing your greatness. Guests will share their expertise. Young people will tell how they are making a difference. You too can be a voice for truth. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. My guest here, Sherry Torcos. She is a pharmacist, but also kind of a very interesting, um, has a great background. As a, a person who has celiac disease, you really have, Sherry, understood um, how diet and the body works in a way to be able to have you feel at your best. And I, and you know, you know the saying that if you feel good, you look good. Um, and then of course there's the other side of it that sometimes when you don't feel good, you can make yourself look good. But the truth is, is beauty is always starts from the inside out. And I know that food allergies, sensitivities, histamines, all of that stuff that is affecting us on the inside and having us not look our best on the outside. So I loved where you went with the histamine. And although I've, I think I understand it um, in a gentle way in reading some of the materials that um, that you've provided me for the show. I'm fascinated by that it's actually something that our body needs, and we're not trying to necessarily get rid of it. 
That's right. Yeah, histamine um, is a, a, a chemical that is naturally produced by our body. It's uh, produced in our mast cells and has an important role in our immune system in helping to um, alert our body of a foreign invader. So when you are um, exposed to a virus, a, a bacteria, your, your body can kick into gear, your immune system is activated, the, the histamine will, will uh, cause your body to increase um, different uh, products increased production of different chemical mediators that help your body in fighting a potential infection. Likewise, when you have allergies, it's histamine that's released that causes some of those notorious allergy symptoms, the sneezing, congestion, runny nose, watery eyes. That's your body responding. But histamine is also something that's secreted in our stomach and it has a role in increasing um, the release of acid into our stomach, which is needed Mm -hmm. for digestion. And it's involved... Um, with neurotransmitters and communic- communicating messages in our brain. So histamine, like gluten and lactose and all these other things, you know, they have different functions in our body. I would say not gluten. Gluten, um, gluten does not really have a function in our body, um, but it, it is one of those chemicals that has been identifi- identified as being problematic for people that have sensitivities. And when you opened up this, the, this part of our um, conversation, you were talking about how um, our, what we eat, it impacts our health and our skin and our beauty from the inside out. And it's so true because if you are eating something that's not agreeing with you, if you have an allergy or an intolerance, it can manifest as blemishes, rash, dry skin, skin that cracks. You can have problems with dark circles under your eyes. So it really can have um, some implications for how you look and how you feel. So when when we're getting into this whole issue of histamine intolerance, um, the problem is not so much that histamine is the bad guy. The problem is if your body can't break down histamine effectively, then histamine levels remain high, and that can cause symptoms of histamine intolerance, which are the allergy-like symptoms, the hives, the runny nose, the congestion, watery eyes, but also upset stomach, gas, bloating, cramps. You can have racing heart, headache, um, you can have um, feelings of anxiety, dizziness, high blood pressure. So that happens when histamine levels are not kept in balance. And what causes histamine levels to become unbalanced is when we don't have enough of an enzyme called diamine oxidase or DAO. That's the enzyme that's responsible for breaking down histamine in our body so that it doesn't cause all of these effects. Now, I mentioned we have histamine that's produced by our body, by our mast cells, and in our gut, but we also can ingest histamines in food, and some of our commonly eaten foods that have high amounts of histamine include red wine, aged meats and cheeses, pickled vegetables, even fermented beverages, and some of the healthy ones like kefir and kombucha, they have high amounts of histamine in them, which that combined with uh, an inability to break down the histamines could yield a person into a, um, a situation where they're having these symptoms of histamine intolerance. Mm, that You know what? First of all, you described every bit of symptoms I'm having. Hives, runny nose, bloating. Um, and secondly, um, darn it, red wine and cheese and all of that stuff. Yes. yes. I, I do know that when I'm feeling this way, like red wine is the worst thing to have because it, I immediately kind of start to sneeze and get, um, 
you know, get the itchy, watery eyes and everything going on. And I thought, no, I cannot. I cannot. And I, of course, I've never been a beer drinker. I've never liked beer. And of course, that makes sense because it's loaded with gluten. Uh, so it ah, that does make sense. But I didn't I did not realize that um, there was kind of like this breakdown of it. So I know you're going to provide us some solutions in here, but let's talk a little bit before you get into the solutions. Let's talk a little bit about fall foods and what are some of those foods? Because I, I love the idea that when we're, you know, eating in the summertime, we're eating more fruits and vegetables or, you know, and in this in the wintertime, we're eating um more rooted type products and stuff like that. But I think what happens is that we have these sensitivities to foods that we don't know. That's right. And then we're, yeah, and then we're just not sure, like, we're not breaking it down or having the awareness of saying, oh, hmm, every time I eat this, I feel this way. And, and really, uh, one of the best ways to determine if a particular food or foods and a group of foods are causing a problem is to keep a food diary. And I often recommend this to people that have headaches and migraines to keep a food diary because there are certain foods that have common ingredients. And so when we're talking histamine, I mentioned the red wine and the beer and the aged meats and cheeses. Those are foods that are high in histamine. But you'll also find histamine in some otherwise healthy foods like uh, dried fruits, yogurt, kefir, chocolate, coffee, green tea, citrus fruit, even strawberries, they can increase the release of histamine um, Mm. from your body. So they can liberate histamine. So histamine is present naturally in certain foods. It also can be, um, its release can be stimulated. And then there are some foods that you could eat that could be depleting your body's levels of that enzyme, diamine oxidase. And that's the enzyme that's needed to break down histamine. As I go back to that point that it's not really histamine that is the problem. The problem is your body, if it's not able to process histamine and break it down, and then you will have high levels of uncontrolled histamine, and that's what leads to those symptoms of hives and runny nose and upset stomach and racing heart and all of that. So when we look at the primary contributor to having histamine intolerance it's actually an enzyme deficiency. In fact, 70% of um, cases of histamine intolerance are due to a deficiency of that enzyme, diamine oxidase. And it's tricky because you can't have a, like there's no simple blood test that can Mm. measure these things. There are blood tests that can help look at your histamine levels and DAO levels, but they only tell you what's happening at that moment in time. And it's not really a reflection of how your body is breaking down and metabolizing histamines. So, People often go for long periods of time before being diagnosed. And here's something that you'll find very interesting as well, Bonnie, because you mentioned you have a lot of these symptoms and you have a gluten sensitivity. Well, it turns out that people that have gut issues, so celiac disease, leaky gut, dysbiosis, inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's and colitis, they are at a greater risk of having a DAO deficiency. But again, there's no DAO way to leads. Pardon me. But there's no way to test specifically to that. Well, there are tests for DAO levels, but what the um, the leading researchers on histamine intolerance um, they will say that it's the tests are not accurate in that they don't reflect um, what's happening overall in the body overall. and whether or not a person has. Like you could have normal levels of DAO, and yet your body is not breaking down histamine properly. 
So the best way to really address this problem if you suspect you have a histamine intolerance is to either do an elimination diet, so avoid all high histamine foods and see if you feel better, or to try a DAO enzyme before you eat high histamine foods. So take a DAO enzyme 15 minutes before and see if you feel better. So if you know that, for example, you have red wine and you notoriously get a headache, flushing, you know, racing heart, and that this was me. Mm-hmm. I, I used to have all those symptoms, and I thought, you know, maybe it's just a factor of aging. Well, yeah, it turns out that not only do I have celiac disease, but as I'm, I'm almost 50, when, once, as we get older, our body reduces, uh, we're not producing as much DAO. And so that mm. can lead to a deficiency. And if you're not, again, defic- if you're deficient in that enzyme, you're not breaking it down, you're not processing it, histamine levels run rampant in your system and you get the high histamine symptoms. So I know that you do have a solution for this, but I want to go back to the um, when you said coffee and citrus fruits. So this would be like having a glass of orange juice or eating an orange or, you know, that one cup of coffee in the morning. All of those things could be adding to the histamine on top of the issues that I'm having just from the environmental pollutants that I'm dealing with. That's right. So foods that can increase the release of histamine are your citrus fruits strawberries, pineapple, tomatoes, spinach, peanuts, nuts in general, they can all increase the release of histamine. So these are not foods that contain high amounts themselves, but they increase the release of histamine. The Mm. foods that are high in histamine, those are, you know, your holiday beverages. We're getting into that time of year. People are, are, you know, enjoying parties, but they're having some champagne and beer and wine. Well, those beverages during the fermentation process, that creates a lot of histamines. Now, wine has a bit of a triple threat because wine, the grapes naturally contain some histamines, but then as the wine is fermented, that can increase the level of histamines. So wine is um, typically problematic for a lot of people, especially people that have sensitivities. Or when you're already sensitive, you're just going to be even more sensitive. That's you're right. Not, and you're, you're kind of like, you're kind of beating yourself down a little bit further. And with, with wine, um, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I think it's the sulfites. Well, sulfite allergy is, is actually quite rare. I think it's 1% of the population has a sulfite allergy. More likely, it's the histamine in the wine, especially mm-hmm. red wine, because red wine has much higher amounts of histamine than white wine. So if you find that you can have a little white wine and you feel okay, but if when you have red wine, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I would say it's most likely the histamine because if we look at sulfites, white wine actually has more sulfites than red. Oh, interesting. Well, that's well, that's good to know. Okay, so I'm just going to have to switch my wines right now but <laughs> to, in order to get healthy. Okay, so you talked about an enzyme. So tell us a little bit more about this enzyme before we take a break. So the enzyme that uh, you can take if you have histamine intolerance, it's called DAO. Uh, the, the medical grade form of it, it's called Umbrellex. It's U-M-B as in boy, R-E-L-L-U-X, Umbrellex, DAO. That's an enzyme that you take about 15 minutes before you have a high histamine food or beverage. It's not absorbed into your bloodstream. It just works locally in your gut to help your body break down histamine. And what's great about it, you don't have to take it throughout the day. You only take it before you have a high histamine food or beverage. 
And um, because it's not absorbed into the bloodstream, you don't have to really worry about drug interactions, side effects, and it's free of common allergens. So if you have allergies to gluten, dairy, soy, et cetera, other food allergens, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about that. There's nothing like that in the product. So, yeah, you can check out UmbrellaXDAO.com. Or there's a good website for information on histamine intolerance and DAO. If you go to daodeficiency.org, there's a really good self-evaluation survey that you can take. It helps to guide a person in determining whether they have histamine intolerance. And then you can also order a, a sample trial of the DAO enzymes to give it a try. And for myself, when I was wondering whether I had this issue, um, that's what I did. I did a trial of the DAO enzymes, took it before my red wine, and wow, what a difference. And I don't drink a whole lot. I have one or two glasses a week, but I would enjoy it with a meal. And I was just, again, noticing that once I, as I've gotten older, I'm not able to break down the wine, and it was mm-hmm. causing a lot of re- reactions. So uh, this has allowed me to have my wine without the headaches and the hives. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. I have a question for you. Um, and you may or may not have the answer. It's okay, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So is there, you know, so one of the things I'm allergic to is eggs. Um, but it, it was it was kind of like on the very low end of the scale. And so they're like, well, you should eat eggs and just kind of keep immuning yourself to them. And the more you eat them, the less they'll bother you. Is that true? Well, um, there has, it, the, the theory is doing desensitization. Is that what what your healthcare mm-hmm. provider was advising you. They are yes. doing that. I've seen it with peanuts as well, where in a controlled environment, for example, in a hospital setting, they hook up children um, to all of the equipment, especially the resuscitations, everything like that is nearby, and they give them micro doses of peanuts to try and desensitize the body. So there is work being done in that area, but anybody that has a severe anaphylactic-type reaction to a food should not experimentally try to integrate that yes. food into their diet unless they're in a healthcare environment. Um, but if it's a mild intolerance or allergy, you could try um, to reintroduce it. But in, in the case, that might work with allergies, but in the case of an intolerance, if you have histamine intolerance and it's due to a DAO deficiency, Taking little bits of that food is not going to help the problem because the problem uh, is a deficiency of that necessary enzyme to break down the food. To break it down. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you. That 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 answered the question for me um, because I did notice that, like right now, I can't eat eggs. So if if I eat them every day, they're bothering me every day. But part of it is is because I'm not as healthy as I normally am in this moment. So that's anything right. that I would be sensitive to is just going to add to it. Um, but when I'm healthy. And maybe, you know, my, my levels and my enzymes are a little bit differently. If I kind of maintain eating eggs a couple times a week, they don't seem to bother me. So I and, just kind of, you know, system, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's, a, it's you're always thinking, okay, what can I eat? <laughs> that's right. Your, your system's been through a lot, again, with the antibiotics and the Traveler's Diaries. So hopefully, you know, this is something that will resolve. But um, if you find that you maybe have a, a threshold where you can tolerate only so much, then, you know, you're listening to your body mm-hmm. and that's important. Exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, perfect. Well, Sherry, we're going to take a break here real quick. Um, and when you come back, I know you, that you've written some amazing books. And so we want to be able to hear about your books and any other tips and pointers that you can provide for us so that we can be healthy on the inside and look beautiful on the outside and not be like, no, 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 please don't take a selfie. Uh, my eyes are all puffy. 
<laughs> so we'll be right back, everybody. And don't forget to join me on all my social media handles. And, of course, you can always listen to Beauty Inside and Out Radio on iTunes and Voice America Variety and Health and Wellness Channel. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Have you ever given any thought to what is behind your insurance coverage? Many of us don't think of it as more than that premium you pay on a regular basis. Of course, until you actually need to use it. On CYA with Rhonda, you'll learn to cover your assets and find out what all of that insurance mumbo-jumbo really means. If you're looking for a lucrative career option, Rhonda Lukey will explain how to get into the insurance business. Listen live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. Back here with Bonnie Bonadeo and Beauty Inside and Out. Now, my guest, Sherry Torco, is here. She's asking the question, do you have a histamine intolerance? And we talked all about histamines, why, what, how, when, and where. And it made a lot of sense to me based on um, the foods I eat, how I'm feeling at the time, the outside environment of when, you know, pollens are high and my sensitivity, and then eating foods on top of it, and my body's just like screaming at me, stop, stop. Um, But I also did find out from Sherry that foods like beer and wine and cheese and chocolate might be... um, might be high in histamine. And so, and this is the time of year that it seems like we're doing, we're, we're indulging in a lot of those. So it might not be good, but Sherry Torco is here today with me as a holistic pharmacist and an author of more than a dozen books and on natural health and healing um, and talking about these deficiencies, um, but also looking at some of the solutions. So you did share with us, Sherry, that this DAO enzyme um, 
Umbrellics is an opportunity for us to be able to take prior to eating some of these foods that might have a high histamine or some sensitivities to them. And you said, based on your experience, that it made you feel better. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you've written in the books and some other tips that um, we can make it through the holiday season without um, feeling or looking bad. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes, in my case, this was a um, savior for me. I, um, went, you know, I knew that. Wine was not agreeing with me, and I wasn't sure what, what it was in the wine. And it, like many people, at first I thought it was a sulfite. And then as I was reading and, and introduced to this whole area of histamine intolerance, DAO deficiency, I did a trial of it. And I thought, well, I'm just going to try this. And I tried it, had a glass of wine 15 minutes later, and lo and behold, I didn't get the headaches, the flushing, the racing heart, and the insomnia. For me, that was the other problem. I would get, you know, I couldn't sleep at night if I had a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. So that was tough. And, you know, I'm I'm glad I was able to to get to the bottom of it. Because, you know, not always practical to avoid high histamine foods, because it's not just the wine. We're talking about cheese. We're talking about fermented dairy and all these other things that, you know, were always part of my diet. So, yeah, I was grateful that I was able to figure that out. And that's why I'm passionate about educating others on this. And I actually put a, a, a article up on my blog post. If you go to sherrytorkus.com, it's S-H-E-R-R-Y-T-O-R-K-O-S, sherrytorkus.com. And I have an article that I posted on this topic, so you can check that out. And uh, my books, which most recently I've done the Canadian Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine, as well as Saving Women's Hearts. They're available on Amazon, uh, so people could check them out as well. Well, tell us a little bit about Saving Women's Hearts. So Saving Women's Hearts was a collaboration between myself and a friend of mine who's a cardiologist, Dr. Martha Galati. And we actually met each other in uh, university. Prior to going to pharmacy school, I did a, um, I went to a Canadian school, uh, McMaster University, and I was studying uh, natural sciences. And we met, and uh, we stayed in touch after school, and we teamed up and decided, you know, that we really wanted to do a book to educate women about heart health because that seems to be one of the things that women often, it's not top of mind. I think a lot of women are often concerned about breast cancer and breast health and don't really see themselves at risk of heart disease, and yet heart disease is a, number, a woman's number one health threat. So we teamed up to write this book and educate women about everything that they can do to stack the odds in their favor, cut their risk by eating the right foods, exercising, managing stress levels. We have a chapter on supplements, even on medications, you know, giving people the benefits, the risks, and the lowdown on different medications. So you can check that out on Amazon as well. Well, now that I knew that that title sounded very familiar, I had Martha, uh, Dr. Martha Galati on the show in February, and we did talk about women's health and heart disease. Um, and it, she was an, she was such an interesting guest. Thank you, Sherry, for like letting me know that that connection. Um, she had shared with me like still that there's an enormous amount of money that is not going towards women's health issues and um, experiments and what's the word that we're using for that. Research, um, yeah. Research, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Research. And um, so there's still a lot of unknowns. And so when we're when we're showing up at the doctor and we're claiming that we have these particular symptoms, they're not necessarily tracking it directly to, you know, I think like you said, allergens, celiacs, heart disease, 
um, because there wasn't enough research done and there still isn't enough research done for women. So thank you for making that connection for me. She was, she, yeah, she was a, she was a fantastic guest and it's good to know that you guys are in this together because, um, I see the commitment and the passion you have towards women's health. That's fabulous. Yeah, it's something that we have both been touched um, by personally as well. We've, we've both lost family members, grandparents to heart disease. Um, in my case, I lost all four grandparents to different forms of heart disease. And I, um, you know, as a pharmacist too, I was seeing you know, a lot of people that have heart disease. They have high blood pressure, cholesterol. They've had heart attacks and strokes. And, you know, this is a big issue. It, it affects quality of life. It affects... Um, your family's quality of life, and there's so much that we can do from a preventative perspective. And so, yeah, we were really um, glad that we could team up and and, uh, put this book together. Mm, And that was the one that was saving women's heart, right? So the the, I noticed here, I'm on your website right now, um, wonderful, the GI Made Simple. Give us a little insight on that one. Yeah, so that's about the glycemic index. And uh, when I wrote that book, which has been over 10 years ago now, um, we were just, this was when uh, there was just starting to become awareness about the impact of the carbohydrates we eat on blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And there's been just a ton of research done in this area over the last couple of decades uh, showing that high glycemic diets, so people that are eating a lot of quick release carbohydrates, that that can contribute to insulin resistance, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, obesity. It can affect your immune system, your heart health, you name it. So uh, that's a book that I put together. It's actually a booklet. It's an easy read uh, to educate people on the benefits of choosing slow-release, low-glycemic carbohydrates and how they can integrate that into their lifestyle. And, you know, you said you wrote that 10 years ago, and absolutely the proof is in the pudding of what's been happening. (laughs) <laughs> like we are we are not taking good care of ourselves and we are eating these unhealthy um, type of carbohydrates that are making us um, sluggish and, and cranky and fat. Now, you know, and, and that was one of the things that I noticed in my food allergies when I was going to the doctor and I was and I kept complaining about something. I always added in that I felt angry and anxious. And those were like two diabolic different emotions that were going on with me. So one minute it would be this unbridled anxiety that I didn't know how to manage. And then in the next minute, it would just be like rage. Um, <clears throat> and it did it, it. It finally, the evolution of everything that that we started to finally get to the bottom of was I was when I would poison my system, my body would kind of like, you know, intake the foods that I was sensitive to and try to process it, and it would show up in a fight-flight, you know, type of syndrome. And it was just my body's way of trying to release it. Yeah, totally. Um, when when you're eating something that doesn't agree with you, you know, yes, there can be the, the local symptoms, the bloating, gas, diarrhea, whatever it may be, maybe a rash, but it can certainly mess up your brain chemistry as well. And you mentioned you would feel angry, and um, a lot of people... Um, will not even realize that it's something in their diet that's actually making them feel anxious or angry or hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, even people with histamine intolerance, I've talked to some people that have histamine intolerance, and when they get too much histamine or uh, they're, they're having uh, an overload, they will find that they can't think clearly, and mm-hmm. it alters their perception, their ability to communicate. Yeah, so there can be some pretty far-reaching effects from some of these foods 
when we look at um, back to the glycemic index and carbohydrates, um, there there's been so much interesting research um, on the uh, I guess you would say the, the the impacts that these foods are having on our shortened lifespan because they affect multiple risk factors for death. We're talking obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and certain forms of cancer. And we're just inundated with processed carbs today. I mean, these are foods that were not around 100, 200 years mm-hmm. ago. But the, the majority of people are feasting on a lot of breads and baked goods. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks, a lot of crackers, potato chips. And again, all of these foods just process at lightning speed into sugar and then can do really do a number on your body. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I, I notice the difference when I eat healthy. Um, I don't eat as much. and But when I'm not eating healthy, I seem like I'm hungry all the time. Like I keep wanting to snack and I'm not a snack type of person. So there's, there is, there's a lot to be said about that. Now, <clears throat> there was another question that I wanted to ask. And of course, I didn't write it down to be able to ask you, but I'll think about it here in just a minute. Um, okay. I'm curious then from, from a standpoint here, what are some other solutions that we can do? So you mentioned the enzymes to be able to take for some sensitivity, but, you know, as a pharmacist, and you're probably seeing people come in and, and you know, filling subscriptions or prescriptions of drugs all day long, what's, what's the real message you want to share? Yeah, well, I guess one of the big key messages I always like to share with people are drugs are not the solution for, for everything. Certainly they mm-hmm. can provide... Uh, life-saving treatments for certain conditions, but when we're looking at a lot of the chronic conditions that people face, whether it's inflammatory diseases, um, heart disease, um, diabetes, there's a strong role for lifestyle interventions. The most simplest things like exercise, eating healthy, and managing your stress levels, these things can go a long way. Even when we're talking about you know, histamine intolerance and DAO deficiency, um, there's evidence to show that stress can actually impact your DAO levels. So oh, yeah. getting your stress levels in check is really important. Um, and, you know, just to go back to the um, lifestyle measures that can help people that have histamine intolerance, I mentioned a lot of foods you should avoid, the high histamine foods, but there are foods that you would want to add to your diet that can actually help increase the release of DAO, and those would be foods like olive oil, chicken, almonds, uh, green pea sprouts and lentils and chickpeas, these foods can increase the release of DAO. So if you're listening and you're thinking, gosh, what's left to eat? You know, all my <laughs> favorite foods, my pizza, my beer, my aged meats and cheeses, what's left? Well, almost all vegetables are low in histamine. The only exceptions would be eggplant and zucchini. So you can have all mm. vegetables. When it comes to fruits, go with apples, mango, cantaloupe, watermelon, kiwi, pears, pomegranate. They're low histamine. For grains, go with quinoa. Fresh fish is fine, poultry, meat, and again, olive oil. Put that on your list because it has a lot of oleic acid and it can liberate that DAO, so it can boost up those DAO levels significantly. Oh, that's fantastic. You've been an awesome guest. You have answered my questions. I hope that you've answered a lot of my listeners' questions as well. And it does always go back to we got to just start taking better care of ourselves. And we have to also be aware of when we are not feeling at our best to be able to, like you said, keep the food diary or have an awareness of, hmm, every time I eat that, I get a headache or 
you know, this happens to this and make those connections because that's how we're going to be able to serve, um, you know, our medical professionals to be able to say something's not right, but here's what I've noticed. And then they can guide us along with you as a pharmacist can guide us so much better to the right opportunities. So thank you, Sherry, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. It's my pleasure. And I apologize yeah. for my hoarse voice. Just getting no, over a little bit of a weird thing. We're in it together. So you can go to SherryTorkos.com, and that was S-H-E-R-R-Y-T-O-R-K-O-S.com. All three of her books are on there, plus you can get her books on Amazon. So be sure to check that out, and um, let's let's really go into 2018 to have a much healthier year. But let's also go into the holiday season and make better and more conscious decisions. And, yeah, and don't go away, everybody, because, you know, next week we're going to continue the conversation on how to be able to um, really get through the holidays to the best that we can. And then as we start the new year, what are some things we can do to not only be healthier on the inside, but also to look better on the outside? Because that's what beauty inside and out show is always about. And remember, you can find me on the Voice America Variety Channel as well as the Health and Wellness Channel. I'm live every Thursday at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific time, and you can find me on all my social media handles, Beauty Inside and Out Show. Um, dot com and Beauty Inside and Out Show on Facebook, Instagram, Beauty In Out Show on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. We're putting some specials together to be able to, if you'd like to be a guest, um, advertise or sponsor with Beauty Inside and Out. We've got some specials coming up for 2018. So be sure to connect with me and I can fill you in on more of how we can get your brand out there, your message, your book and or your services to be able to let the world know that it's all about being you inside and out. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.